this episode is about a fight and flight reaction that the body takes on um, to protect you and the certainly in my case the effect that that has had on my BPM which is your heart rate your beats per minute and um, I just wanted to um, spend some time on a podcast talking about this because I have found it very very frustrating during my uh, recovery um, from the trauma that I've remembered um, historic trauma that apart from my trainer who my coach my physical trainer um, picking it up very early on uh, when we started training um, and insisting that I had my heart fully checked um, to make sure that uh, in a physical sense it was working well and um, yeah, checking cholesterol, you know, all the usual things that, you know, when you go to the doctor or you go to a consultant, that's what they look at if you've got um, a raised heart rate. However, I do want to say that I have never had high blood pressure. During pregnancy, whenever I've been to the doctor, you know, I never have high blood pressure. But I do generally have a fast heart rate. Anyway, to cut a long story short, of course, what we discovered was that although I do have a, um, a genetic disposition to, to high cholesterol, and that is being addressed um, with statins, um, it was confirmed that there is nothing wrong with my heart, um, that everything is fine, um, and... I don't have high blood pressure, I'm on statins so that reduces, I'm training and that's it as far as the doctors are concerned. But it doesn't help my heart rate. My heart rate um, on average, to give you an example, um, has been, a general average, has been over 100 beats per minute. That's just standing up, it's not doing anything. It can be that sitting down. So when you end up doing physical exercise, of course, you've got um, a very slow margin of uh, increased cardio before it becomes um, or could become a problem um, health-wise. And of course, when your heart rate is beating fast all of the time, at some point your heart will wear out because it will be exhausted because it's not in rest. When I was having my heart checks, one of the things that um, the consultant did was I had to wear a heart rate uh, monitor for, I think it was 48 hours. I'd done one for 24 hours, um, but this particular consultant, I think it was 24 hours straight, I had uh, 48 hours that I had to wear the heart monitor for. So obviously during the time during the day, if I was doing anything very specific, um, like training or do anything then I had to note it down um, so that there was some sort of guideline as to if I had a very high heart rate what that might have caused it um, and 
the staggering and interesting thing about uh, the results from that, which again, the consultant wasn't concerned about, but my trainer was concerned about, Justin. He said, look at your heart rate during sleep. Now, when you're asleep, your heart rate should be uh, way down because obviously this is the time when your body is resting and recuperating, regenerating and so on. And so generally you would expect it to be down, you know, mid 50s, maybe mid 50s to mid 60s. Absolutely no more than that. And of course, what he discovered was that during the night, um, my heart rate didn't really go down. You know, at best it was 95. Sometimes it spiked to over 200. That's when I'm asleep. No wonder every morning I woke up and I was exhausted. It was like I hadn't been to sleep. And actually, when your heart rate is going like that, of course, you haven't really been asleep. You haven't regenerated. You haven't recharged your batteries. Your body is still um, being very active. Now, the cause of uh, the BPM, um, over the years, of course, what we have realized is that this is, is caused by my body being in a fight or flight mode 24-7. You know, there's, I call it a Belisha beacon. You know, I, I have to turn it off. I had to learn how to turn it off. I've had to reteach my um, body not to be in extreme protective mode. I mean, it was sort of, you know, you're, you're going to live or you're going to die. So if you want to live, you just got to get on with it. And of course, that's just extreme. You know, we want our body to be able to do that, of course, in dangerous situations and when we are fearful for our life, but that is not our everyday life. Unfortunately, and I don't want to labour the point, but it is a very significant point to put in, which is why I wanted to do the podcast. This can be the impact of continuous abuse both mentally, physically and emotionally. If you are in fear for your life, particularly from a very young age, all of the time, you will be in high alert mode, fight or flight uh, mode, all of the time. So when this starts when you're very young, of course, as you grow and you get older, you don't know any different. So you don't know when you're feeling, um, you know, when your heart is racing, when you recognize your heart's racing very fast for whatever reason, you don't realize that, um, you know, this is an extreme reaction. Um, So if there's anybody listening to this podcast who deals with people who um, has sustained um, significant abuse from very as from a very young child. Um, I can't speak for um, people who suffered abuse later in life um, on a long-term scale, 
um, because I haven't, you know, that's not been my experience. But what my experience has been is um, abuse from a very, very young age. You know, I, to be honest, I, I reckon since the time I was born um, until I was in my mid-twenties. And I didn't remember any of it until I was in my mid-40s. Now, for your brain to block out what happened to you is a merciful thing. Because you don't want to be carrying that awfulness around with you. However, um, what has been apparent is that the physical effect side effect of all of that has been my raised heart rate Um, and certainly um, that has been very noticed since I've been uh, recovering from my memories and what I want to just say is that it's really important if you are somebody who um, is dealing with somebody who's suffered in a similar way to I have um, or deals with people, or you deal with uh, people who come to you who've experienced that kind of abuse, don't underestimate the stress that the body um, will will have had during the ordeal, but also will carry with it for the... afterwards. So, but there are things that can really help and um, obviously reducing stress just your everyday stress in your life if you have a stress for life try to reduce it because the other the other impact that for some people and certainly for myself this has happened is that when you're in fight or flight mode the chemicals in your body are produced to assist the body to deal with the stamina and the effort and everything that it will need to to be in flight mode, to, to, to run away. And so when it's continuously in that, it is continuously having to store um, energy. And so it has been incredibly difficult for me to lose any kind of weight. Putting on weight is really, really easy. but taking it off and stabilizing it very hard and of course there there has to be a balance in all of it because teaching your body when it's doing exercise is a good thing and therefore you know to 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 produce the adrenaline required etc to do exercise is good but then when you stop the exercise stop producing mine is taking its time to learn how to do that because it it just produces too much all of the time and so I've had to to, um, what I'm learning to do is to learn other techniques um, on in different areas to bring my heart rate down so that it doesn't react so instantaneously and automatically um, to me moving. It, it sort of seems to think that every time I move, 
um, it must be because I'm running away. And of course today, in these days, in these times, I'm perfectly safe. 99.9% of the time. So what have I done to, to work on that? Well, I guess um, one of the big uh, leaps that I made in terms of helping with this was learning to um, meditate. And I, I chose Vedic meditation with, and Light Watkins is my teacher. And um, that has had a profound effect um, on my stress levels and on my heart rate. And I was able to evidence that because I wear um, a watch which is a polar ignite that, you know, is one of those exercise watches, but it, it's, um, it reads my BPM and I wear that quite a lot of the time so I can just check in um, and see where my heart rate is. And uh, when I went on the Vedic meditation retreat, um, which was for a week, from the time I did, was given my um, mantra and practiced my first meditation, my heart rate went right down. And when I mean it went right down, it went right down. For the 20 minutes that I did the meditation, it dropped right down to below 60. It was staggering, absolutely mind-blowing. And I, I feel very lucky that I was able to evidence that by my watch, you know, it takes the reading. Because for me, I didn't, although I felt calm and I enjoyed the, med, you know, enjoyed the experience of the meditation, you know, I, I had no idea. I couldn't feel the difference in my heart, but I had the evidence through my watch um, and the, the record that it kept because I, I set it, um, the effect it had on my heart rate. And that was, you know, all the confirmation that I needed that this was something that I really had to do and I really needed and wanted to take on board. And so for the past year, since I learned it, I have, really, you know, every day, um, you know, done my 20 minutes um, meditation, generally first thing in the morning when I wake up before my day starts. And um, so that it, it sort of recharges me and, um, you know, it sets the tone for the day. And um, I haven't, when you first learn, they, they suggest that you you know, do it twice a day. So sort of you do it first thing in the morning and then you sort of do it mid-afternoon to late afternoon. And I have to admit, I haven't been very good at doing the second one. Although a year on, that is now in place and I do a second one because doing two a day is definitely um, more than double, double, more than double the benefit and um, is making, again, another profound effect on calming my whole system down. And um, because I, I do generally find life stressful, you know, the slightest thing, you know, I find <laughs> very stressful. Um, and so that's the first thing. The meditation has really, really helped. And... Um, 
as I say, that I can evidence from the way my heartbeat is and, and reacts. And generally, from being an average of, you know, just standing up and walking around of being 100, 110 beats per minute, my heart rate now on average is probably when I'm just standing up and walking around mm, 85, 88. So whilst that is still high, it is significantly better than 100 or 110. So it's something that obviously I'm still continuously working at, but it's a significant difference. The other thing that I have done, so the meditation is one thing. The other thing I have done is I have tried to slow uh, my pace of life down. I do have quite a hectic life. I have slowed that quite right down. Uh, COVID has been very helpful with that because obviously we've all had to stay at home. Um, but um, more than that, what I have also uh, put into place is focusing on uh, things to do during my day that are fulfilling for me, that nourish me. And for me, that it is um, my meditation these days, um, my art, getting into my studio and um, talking and engaging with friends who um, I'm, I'm very connected with and very close to and of course you know my family and I, I just try and focus on that. The other thing that I do can continue to do is work with my trainer and um, we have spent um, uh, the last few months actually uh, focusing on how the body is designed to move and so for instance I know it sounds very simple you think well you know the body just moves well you know there are good ways of moving and not so good ways of moving and one of the things again that I have discovered that you know part of the stress on my body I, d I don't know if this was there before I remembered but it's certainly been as a result been there since I've remembered what happened to me is that I I'm my body is held tight sort of by that I mean I, I everything is tense um, all of the time and I've had to learn what relaxing is in terms of my body so my wrists, my arms, my legs, my knees, and learning to uh, using parts effectively. So, you know, what are the joints here for? Well, the joints are here to enable your parts to move. So your knees, you have knees, which is a joint, so that, you know, the bottom of your leg and the top of your leg that's attached to your hip can move. Your hips are there to move. Your elbows are there so that your arms can move, you know, and so on. Well, if you're holding everything tight, particularly in your hips, and you don't allow your knees to bend, then you're not engaging your muscles properly. And so there's been this whole um, uh, process of reconnecting with how my body is designed to move. And if I allow it to move that way, um, that that takes stress off my body. 
and therefore that reduces stress in my body. So I hope I'm being clear with what I'm saying. It's, it, it, I find it very frustrating that health professionals do not look at these things. There are so many of us that are suffering stress for, for all sorts of different reasons, not just the reasons that, you know. But stress has similar, any kind of stress has similar effect on the body and stress is very unhealthy for the body. So, for me, what I found frustrating with medical professionals is if my heart was okay, in terms of its, its functionality, you know, that there was nothing physically wrong with my heart, then no one bothered to then continue on and say, well, okay, how do we, why is it beating so fast? If it's beating that fast, when you're just standing around, then your uh, hormone will, hormones in your body will be all out of kilter. So let's have a look at that because we need to reduce the stress in your body and how it's reacting to life events and just life generally so that your, your hormones in your body can find homeostasis which is what the body is always looking for. And if it finds that, then all the chemicals in your body are working together as one. And, you know, weight shouldn't be an issue. Um, you know, uh, the joints being uh, kept lubricated and all the things that your body needs to, to do to enable your body to uh, function effectively and properly for you to walk, to talk, to think, to um, all those things um, can happen effectively. If it's not in balance, um, then things get completely out of balance. And I'm absolutely sure that this is, uh, you know, causes um, imbalances, cause ill health, long-term health problems, chronic health problems, definitely heart problems, and so on. So really, you know, doctors and health professionals should really look at this. And I'm, you know, to be honest, so thankful um, that my uh, trainer, Justin, um, has really looked at that and said, you know, you have to de-stress. We need to find ways of getting this, your stress levels down. And you know, over the years, we have developed techniques to do that. Um, so, you know, on a mental, physical and emotional level, you have to work on all three to find that balance. So, anybody listening to this, um, and if you're, you, 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 you suffer from stress and things, then please really, really look at uh, meditation and, but again, like with health professionals, there's meditation and meditation, there are teachers and teachers. So, you know, research into it, get recommendations. Um, you know, I was very resistant to meditation for a long time um, because of, you know, brief experiences that I had had 
um, as part of yoga sessions or whatever and it just wasn't for me um, but then I read an article about this uh, guy like Watkins I really liked what he said um, he had a different in my view a different approach and it was to do with stress and stress levels and um, went to listen to him speak and thought actually yeah why not let's just give this a whirl I like what he's saying because I understood the impact that uh, stress was having on my body um, so everything that he was saying made complete sense to me so you know things come to us at the right time when we can hear things and it, I guess it's just following uh, your gut and your instinct and if this resonates with you then um, go for it you know leap a canyon you know follow your gut and um, check it out just see um, if you can reduce uh, your stress levels in some form and um, I guess one of the, the last thing I just wanted to say was that the other thing that really helps me is music I really love music and I love loud music um, and along my journey one of the things to get me in the gym um, was to you know uh, get my own play put my own playlist together and I gave myself certain uh, criteria for my music you know and so the first playlist I put together was um, all those tracks that you know if I'm at a party um, and music's playing you know I can't not get up and dance you know there's something about the song there's something about the track that really makes me want to get up and I, I just can't help myself so those were the first things that are on my playlist and that worked a treat because I might be feeling really tired when I got down to the gym, grumpy, didn't want to be there. And then, you know, I put my music on, you know, put my um, earphones in and, uh, you know, can't help but smile even when I'm thinking about my playlist, actually, because I just think, yeah, you know, I just want to get up and dance because I'm thinking about even now some of the tracks that are on there. And so... Um, that I found very helpful. Um, I had to mix and match because I tended to rely on my music quite a lot, and then over time, you know, I, I you know, I had to learn to train without my earphones because I forgot them one time and that completely threw me and I thought don't be ridiculous it's just music just get on with it girl um, so you just have to find tools that really um, work for you and for me music was one of those things um, singing is one of those things and um, you know they make you feel joyful and you know if you feel joyful you your heart rate's cool because that that's that that's good stuff coming up in you you know your heart rate might be a bit elevated because you are joyful but joyful is not the same as running away because you think you're going to die so just think about those things and um yeah uh i'm going to be experimenting a little bit with uh, this podcast because there's some um uh, on other episodes because there's some things that um, I can see I can invite people to 
join in and I guess it might be a bit like an interview on the podcast I'm not quite sure anyway I'm, I'm going to have a little play but um, yes thanks for listening bye